Hello there, my name is Shirley Fisher and I'm an illustrator, creative business owner, and mom of two. I've been slowly growing from a part-time creator to a full-time working artist since 2016, so I know the joy and struggle of working for yourself and how mindset can impact your growth. It's here where we dig deep through vulnerable chats about running a creative business and uprooting our limiting beliefs. My hope is that you walk away from these conversations feeling empowered with a greater sense of clarity and community. So find a cozy spot, open up your heart, and prepare to be encouraged. Welcome to the Tillage Podcast. Are you feeling inspired and eager to make content if you're working on your artwork from an overhead viewpoint? You know the one. Your hands are gracefully making brush strokes, or you're fulfilling an order with beautiful packaging. But how can you achieve that? Well, allow me to introduce you to Canvas. Canvas is an overhead lamp and a smartphone holder with an incredibly versatile positioning, and it's absolutely beautiful. Anytime I need to video something or take a picture hands-free, Canvas comes to the rescue. You are going to want to add this to your Christmas wish list, or you can just treat yourself. Use the code TILLAGE10 to get 10% off your lamp today. You can go to the tillagepodcast.com to find the code or in the description below. Well, hi, Mabel. Thank you so much for coming on the Tillage Podcast. I'm super honored to have you here today. Before we get started, I would love for you to share about your business, how it got started, what kind of medium you work in, and just pull the curtain back on your story a little bit for us. Thank you, Shirley, for having me on your podcast. It's a real honor. I'm often the person that's doing the interviews on my Facebook Live, so it's nice to be on the other side of the table. So a little bit about me. I'm actually from Malaysia. I grew up there and I worked as a journalist before moving to Australia, before I became a surface designer. But it took a bit of a journey for me to get to surface design. So I was a writer and a fashion stylist and a beauty stylist. And then I became a food blogger when I moved to Australia because I didn't write anymore. I was so burned out from that industry, even though it was, you know, one of the gl- most glorious time of my life. And I became a food blogger. I learned to, you know, take my own photos and styling again because I'm a food. And then became a travel writer because my husband and I were traveling a lot. I was he was my boyfriend then and he would work overseas and he would often ask me if I wanted to go. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes, I would love to go. Thank you for asking. And because I was a photography enthusiast, I would take lots of photos. And then he said, why don't you start an Etsy business or Etsy shop? And I'm like, who's going to buy my photos? And surprisingly, people started buying my photos and my prints And that's how the fine art photography business started. And then the traveling slowed down a little bit and we started to have a family and I couldn't sell my prints anymore. Also because it involved me going to the printer, having to go to the post office, and that was a bit tricky at the start. So I put my Etsy shop on vacay mode, which was the biggest mistake that I've ever done because it was vacay for eight months and it killed the traffic to the shop and I didn't have any income aside from being with Danny Designs or Denying Designs, I think that's is meant to be said, because they license my work. It's a curated print-on-demand platform 
they curate and they would license my work to Target or Urban Outfitters and even Nordstrom at one point. And I would get this checks like $5,000 a month. And I'm like, this is like the biggest I've ever earned doing nothing because it was just passive income which introduced me to licensing and like, oh, this is a fun way to to make money from your art. And that's how I got into licensing. And then because I was mom and I wasn't traveling so much, I started doing designing on Illustrator. And I've always done that for friends, as in like I would make their wedding cards. And so I thought, well, maybe I could do some digital art and see where that takes me. And it took me nowhere for a while. (laughs) And I didn't make any money for a while until a friend sent me an email about Bonnie Christine's immersion course. And I was like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This, this is, this is what my purpose is. This is what my next chapter is. And I deep dive into it. And so now I license my art to companies. I also sell digital products on my website as well as do masterminds with other creatives and creative experts or surface design experts, which I love. And I also affiliate for courses that I truly, truly love that has changed my life 360. Okay. So you've had, I mean, you've done lots of different types of things to lead you up to this point. I think that's one of the things I'd love to focus on today is just how long it really takes to see traction in our businesses and all the different pivots and changes and different roads we can go on to find something that we actually love. And you're also a mother. So you have very much built this business alongside raising a little tiny person at the same time. So can you describe that journey as well for us? How have you balanced or maybe not so much balanced sometimes (laughs) that experience? (laughs) I I am a person that needs to be hyper-focused when I decide to commit myself to something. So when I, deep in my bones, I when I took Bonnie Christine's immersion course, I knew that this was for me. Like this is what I be, I'm meant to do with my life. I was so sure and like, you know, there was no doubt in my mind that this is what I was going to do. And... And from then on, I didn't have a social life. I would work around my son's nap time. So thankfully, he was a big napper. He would sleep for three hours in the afternoon. So I would have that three hours to like just, you know, draw, make a pattern, do anything that was committed to this goal of mine. And you know, like I, when my friends would say, hey, would you like to meet up? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm working. And they were like, no, you're a stay-at-home mom. And I'm, no, like from that moment, I committed myself to surface design. In my head, I was already working. There was no money coming in, but I was working. So, you know, it's like I could see myself doing this, like in my head. Nothing else really mattered except for my family and my work, my family and my work. So in that way right now, yes, I don't have any, I don't have that many friends anymore. (laughs) I have some really close friends who understand why I did and do what I do. 
but it's all for a good cause. I'm proud of what I've done. <laughs> yeah. And you should be, you know, you went in to surface pattern design without looking back and nothing is wasted. So, you know, everything that you've done to get you to the point now where you love your job, you love surface pattern design, your experience food blogging or doing all of the stylizing, I'm sure that has influenced at least at some level your occupation as a surface pattern designer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because everything you see on my website is done by me. So I style, I take my own photographs, I do my own videos, I do my own brand photography. So I never had to hire, well, it's not really, it's, it's kind of a curse and a blessing at the same time, because I never had to hire someone to do it for me. But on top of that, I, I wear so many hats. <laughs> it's, it's kind of overwhelming at some point. I think it's encouraging, though, for us to listen and hear how all of those paths can lead you to one place. And you should be proud of this, that you've built something out of nothing. And that's where we all start, you know? So you have a thriving Facebook community, and then you have a large following on on Instagram. And you're kind of now at, at this point in your career known as like a mentor and leader. Did you ever anticipate what you've built and what it is today at the beginning? Like, what was your vision of starting this Facebook community and where it is today? So to answer your first question, which was if I anticipated it to be the way it is now, I have to say yes and no. Yes, because I think at the back of my mind, I've always wanted to be big like grow to the extent that like I know I'm smart and talented and I can draw that into a flourishing business. So I'm not, I'm not surprised at how it's grown to be this healthy, organic growth. But at the same time, it does take me by surprise when someone sends me an email and say, I love your work. I always get blown away with emails like that. I love your work. I love what you do. You are such an inspiration. And I'm like, no, (laughs) why? (laughs) So that always takes, you know, takes me off guard. Your other question was about why I started the Facebook community group and I've been doing this creative entrepreneur thing for 10 years. I think 12 years, in fact, from fine art photography to Etsy to, you know, all these little things before I became a surface designer. And it's a very lonely job. And people view it as also a very competitive field because they think that's not enough space for anyone. It's oversaturated. If I tell you my secret, you're going to take over my position and... From that very beginning, I felt, no, there's space for all of us because we're all unique and we're all different. Even though we're doing the same thing, we're interpreting that in our own voice. So I always felt really sad that there was no community and people found they had to compete with each other. And I, from the very beginning, I told myself, if I ever made it big or if I even <laughs> learn something from this, I am going to share 
Barrett because I, if I can stay at home and be with my son and create an income, imagine that what that could do for other women. That would be so liberating because when I had my son, like I love him to bits. I would die for him and do anything for him. But I kind of, my identity kind of died a little after I became a mom and I just became a stay-at-home mom. And my friends saw me like, oh, you're not working. You're just a stay-at-home mom. And I took that seriously. I took that really at heart. And I was like, my identity is not going to die just because I have this child and a brand new life and this brand new chapter. I'm going to make this as beautiful as I can and make me more versatile. Like, you know, like I am more versatile than just a mom. I'm more than just a mom. I am a legend and I'm going to share that with other women and help them be that way and be more confident about themselves. So yes, it's like, I can go on and on talking about it because. Oh, I'm, I'm like fist bumping over (laughs) here in my head. (laughs) I'm like, go Mabel. (laughs) I'm so passionate about sharing what I know and, and um, helping other women and helping other people. Like, you know, the internet has created all these opportunities for us to talk from across the world, right? And it's not just opening opportunities for women with, with who are mothers. It's also opening that possibility for disabled people who have this amazing talent and no idea how to monetize it. I'm thinking like so many other people who could benefit from just selling their talent online. So, yes, this is why I, I created that Facebook group. Oh, well, I, I say this often because it's true. Like I have goosebumps <laughs> just listening to you talk about that because it's true. We can become really tight with the knowledge that we know because we're it's out of fear. It's out of this mindset that if I share, I'm going to be taken advantage of or I'm going to be left in the dust and someone's going to take my idea or run with it. Or if I let somebody in with this manufacturer, well, then I'm just shooting myself in the foot. And really what you have done in your community is said, no, <laughs> if we you know, extend a hand, we all rise together rather than just leaving somebody behind. Um, so I love that. I have that same vision and, you know, pulse about me as well. And so even when you talked about motherhood, we could talk about that for so much longer of just the real, the realness of feeling like you've lost some of your identity as you take on this new role. And how do you care for somebody that needs you all the time, but also nourish something that you love so much because creativity was a part of your life before motherhood and finding that balance of how to equally pour into those things is just, it's hard. (laughs) So hard. So hard. (laughs) So as you have paved your way in surface pattern design and your career, what has helped you dare bravely? Like what has helped you believe that you are a legend, that you can do this? You know, you said that, like, I think that's such a healthy place to be. Like, how did you have that attitude? 
Oh, I, I have a huge bag of like insecurities as well. I had my days of imposter syndromes and self-doubts and why am I doing this? You know, this is so hard. And, you know, when you get ghosted by art directors, um, you know, all that stuff that's always going to be bumped in the road and just, you know, chip you over. And I, in fact, I had to take a mental health break this year because it can be so overwhelming. Those voices can drown you sometimes. And it, it drowns me sometimes. So a lot of the times this is actually, this journey is actually more of a mindset journey than anything else. And the first year it was about believing that this can be possible. You don't have to believe in yourself, but just believing that, seeing that it has worked for other people, it gave me the strength to go on day by day. I say this, I think I've said this in my newsletter before, I binge watch Chef's Table on Netflix and I watch it on repeat because you see the format of the show and it's like, you know, they have a dream and they're passionate and it's start and then you could see them failing and there was that hard part, that struggle and then they eventually eventuate from that, that journey and blossom into a butterfly, right? So I watched that on repeat when my husband had worked, when my when there's some days that I couldn't work for some reason because I was so drowning in my self-doubts, I would watch that over and over again because I could see them, see myself in them. And it gave me the strength to just keep going on. Like People tell me, oh, you're so strong. And the truth is, I'm not. It's like, you don't have fear. And I know I have a lot of fear. <laughs> I, I just choose to feel the fear and take that step anyway. Just one baby step at a time. Because while my eyes is focused on my fear, I also have a vision that I can be better. There's always something in me that says, Let's see how far I can go with this. And I think that is probably the one thing, one thing that kept me going is like, let's see how far I can go with this. Let's see how far I can go with this. And that probably is the only voice that, that it was the is that voice that coached me. And there was another voice too, was like when something hard happened, when I get hit really hard by rejection or, you know, one of those things, that little voice in my back of my head tells me, asks me, is this all it takes for you to give up? And that competitive, that I'm, I'm not competing with anyone but myself. So that competitive streak goes, no, I must move on or carry on or, you know, just shake it off and just take the next step. Yeah. We'll be back after this short break. Do you know one of the best ways you can support a podcast that you love? Writing a review. It costs you nothing and just takes a minute of your time. 
It truly helps the podcast out, and I would appreciate if you took the time to write one today. This review came in from Anne, and it says, As an artist that is pivoting into surface design, I'm so glad to have found this podcast. Shirley shares her own experiences as an artist and interviews other artists who are running their surface pattern businesses. It's great to hear the variety of different ways people find to apply and market their artwork. I love hearing about their success and struggles. It's all delivered in a warm, conversational manner, like sitting down with your art friends. Thank you so much, Anne, for this review, and I hope you continue to listen and love the podcast. Now back to the show. I love that you said at the very beginning of that, you don't have to believe in yourself right away, but you do have to believe that it's possible. And I love that because sometimes we don't have the strength to believe in ourselves. but as long as we can see that somebody else out there is doing it, it like musters up that courage and that like, I can do it attitude. I love chef's table. It is one of the most beautiful and inspiring shows. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. I think they have several seasons now, but it just, it's incredible to watch somebody as a viewer because it's not your story. When we're living it, it's like, oh gosh, I hope I can see someday being a fly on the wall and seeing the progress. But when you're in it, it's so hard to see like, like you didn't know as a, as a fine artist, photographer, that this would be your story now. Like we don't have the ability to see into the future, but it's so inspiring when we can see others and that in itself stimulates that courage for ourselves. So I think another thing I want to talk about is like, obviously you've said you've been doing this for 10, 12 years. So I am sure, as you've mentioned, that there were voices that of the imposter syndrome, of the fear, of the frustration. I'm sure there have also been experiences where things have felt like they're moving really slow, especially with licensing. I can only imagine because I haven't got into surface pattern design really or licensing, but I've heard that it can feel very slow. So what has helped you in those moments in the past? Mm. Oh, it's such a mental game. That waiting, that pause, like when you send uh, your portfolio to an art director, you know, there's always that anticipation of, well, are they going to hate it? Are they going to love it? And, you know, you don't hear back for weeks, right? And you go, and it's such an agony because it's like dating, right? Like you get a call, you call someone or you text someone, hey, do you want to go out for coffee or on a date? And you don't hear for like weeks or, you know, stuff like that. And you go, oh no, they hate me. Or like they don't like my face or something that I did or, you know, so it's a mental game while you wait for a response from an art director. And when, even when, they come back to you and say, hey, we love your work. Let's like proceed on to the next level. Like, you know, at the beginning I would celebrate. I'm like, yeah, my work's going to be licensed and stuff like that. But now like being a, I wouldn't call myself a veteran, but being a bit more experienced, I take it with a pinch of salt because it doesn't necessarily move on from that stage sometimes sometimes they decide to cancel on you or ghost you even after that yes which happens so many times I'm sure like a lot of you can relate but you've got to kind of 
tell yourself if this is not for them, it's not necessary or no forever. And it's just not the story they're looking for at the moment. And there will be someone else that will relate to my art and my positive. There's always going to be room for me. So that's my mantra for like every time I get a rejection and I still get rejections, I still get ghosted and I'm like, okay, it's not for this person. That's okay. It'll be for someone else. And at the, at, while you're waiting, make art. Make more art. Make lots of art. Don't just wait and stop. Because even if your that particular art isn't going to be for that company, that are the future art that you make is going to be for them or someone else. So SFS designers, our art is our product. So if you don't make your art, you won't have a product. And you just have to kind of keep going rather than get stopped at the mental game where, oh my God, that art director doesn't like my work. I am useless at this. This is no hope. And you get sucked into that negativity. So I would say just move on, make more art, keep pitching to other companies. But no, it is a hard gig because it is very much like dating and it's, you get blows in your self-esteem after self-esteem. Like, you know, and which is why I actually had to take a mental break from pitching, actually, to, to be honest, because I, it does get to me. I am a highly sensitive person, very sensitive, and it does get to me, even though I say, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't affect me, but it does. And I started taking a toil on my mental health. And I had to kind of redefine my success and redefine how I see success and redefine that my value is not attached to my success. And it took me a few months to realize that. So if you're pitching and you're not getting through, don't let it get you and define your value or your success. Those are powerful words because we do, I think as artists, what we create and what we do and what we've built is so wrapped up in our identity because it's not just clocking into a job and clocking out. It's like our personhood at some level of like, you're building this thing, you're creating this thing. So when we do get that rejection, it can really take a toll on our value. I love that you commented about success and redefining that. We've had another podcast episode talk a little bit about success and what that viewpoint is. So for you, what is your new definition of success? You know, I think it was, that was a big question for me last, this year. And it started to filter down to that very basic question, what brings me joy? Because when I first started as a service designer, it gave me so much joy and so much satisfaction and a purpose. You know, just that anticipation of building something, it was very exciting. It it was something that gave me purpose every day because I was no, not just a mom at, when I was working. And, and when I achieved that goal, especially, you know, having my working target, I'm like, oh, dear, I have succeeded to be a Zizbase designer. And now what? What do I do now? Like, is this the peak? Have I peaked too early? So I had to ask the very basic question of what is my why and what gave me joy? And 
at that point, I really cocooned myself and spent a lot of time with my family, gave my son a lot of hugs and my husband a lot of hugs. And that gave me so much strength to get through the day. And first of all, my family gives me joy. And then I was doing some mentoring at that time. And I was so, I was so reluctant because, oh, like, oh, mentoring. I don't know if I'm, I'm like, I'm the person that they should be talking to because I'm feeling so down right now. How am I going to help someone? And strangely enough, they were helping me through the mentoring call. They don't know this, but when they start talking about their journey and it's that hard work that they have to put in and the mindset and the, you know, challenges they face, and I saw myself in them and I gave them, you know, peace, what I did in that stage. And it reminded me how exciting that stage was actually. And I still love surface design. And I realized surface design still gave me joy. But talking to people was like, oh, oh, I, I love what you're doing. <laughs> Can I do that too? I'm like, and it's like, well, what you're doing is surface design. And I'm like, yes, just connecting with people. I love that. And I was watching a lot of YouTube at that time. I'm not a YouTube person. I've never been a YouTube person. And for some reason in that stage I was watching a lot of YouTube and there was this um <laughs> their food see everything I do is related to food so there's two food bloggers that I follow and one of them lives in New York she's a Korean girl and she started talking about her anxiety and her depression and how she faced them and I just was blown away by how authentic she was and how brave she was to share about her own challenges. And like, I can totally resonate with that. And I'm like, I want to do that. I want to be really honest about my journey because it hasn't been easy. It didn't drop on my lap. I face the same anxiety and depression that some of these people who was mentoring was feeling. And the thing that, I feel was necessary to talk about was how I work through those feelings and not get stuck with it. So to your question is what's next for me is, this is so hard for me because I'm such an introvert, is to actually come up with a YouTube long video. I've been talking about this for so long, but the fear is insane, Shirley. It's it's so scary to actually put yourself out there and talk about your fears. And I'm like, oh, I'm still battling the self-doubt. Like, is this necessary? Is this what I really want to do? But, you know, talking to you now, it's reminding me that it has a purpose and it has so much power. I think that what you stated, as far as those who are listening who want to step into a leadership role, and even me making this podcast. I was just talking to a friend last week of like, how can I show up for this podcast when I am trembling half the time and I talk about all these things? I am not like, I'm not excelling in this area, which is why I wanted to make a podcast about mindset and limiting beliefs because 
this is an area that I am constantly working on. But I think you bring up a really good point for leaders, especially for people who are taking a stance of like a mentorship role or a coach or somebody who's paving the way or a trailblazer. When you're feeling those things, it can be hard to believe like, can I even continue to show up in this space? Because I'm not being a good leader if I'm feeling these things too. But I think that's what creates beauty in that partnership. Cause like you were saying, they were helping you as much as you were helping them. And because you've done the trudging and been in the trenches, it only allows you to be a better leader and mentor. So I love that you talk about that because I don't think that that conversation I've heard enough of, like it's real to feel like, Oh, I made a post about this like two weeks ago. And now I feel like I'm failing in like imposter syndrome again. Like it's just this thing going on and on. I want to find this quote. So give me a second. All right. So I, I found this quote last week and I think it has to do with your desire to do this YouTube video. So it says what we fear of doing most is usually what we most need to do. And it's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I guess he was a a writer. And I found that quote and I found it super inspirational because I am struggling with all of those things too, of like the things I want to do most of, I'm fearing the most. So I don't know if that gives you any encouragement for this YouTube video you want to make because I think it will just speak so powerfully to people. So I'll just put that nugget there. (laughs) Thank you. I need any nuggets at this point. <laughs> I, I also actually love this one thing that I read somewhere. I'll just watch it on YouTube. I don't know. But it says that our heart is our biggest teacher. It will tell us what to do. So when we quiet down our mind, which is the ego chatter, telling us you can't do this, you can't do this. When you, when you quieten down that voice and just deep dive into your heart, it will tell you and urge you that what the next step is. And I often do this when I am in a chaotic space and, and have fear pounding at my door and I quieten down and listen to my heart. And it often gives me that courage to go, like, this is what you need to do next. And if I don't listen to it, and I, because right now I'm not listening to it, where like, oh, I don't want to do that YouTube video, right? But that nudge and that calling is still there. So I, I know that there is something larger than all of us, that we all have a certain purpose and an obligation to humanity, even though we think that we don't, even though you think that, oh, I'm, what can one person do? And I can tell you that every person out there, every art, every voice, every podcast has a purpose to another human being because it can possibly just plant a seed and make them go, ah, I can do better or I can do that. I can grow. And all you have to do is just inspire someone to grow a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And which is what other YouTubers, other podcasts, other people have done for me is just put that seat in my mind and my heart that I can do it. And I'm so grateful for them. I love that you talk about 
listening to your heart. And I think the more that we step into our fullness and belief in ourselves, it does just cause a ripple effect because then others like that YouTuber, I'm sure had the same feelings that you have, but they stepped forward and did it. And then now you're feeling that feeling of wanting to, to take the step forward. So it just ripple effects. I want to talk a little bit more about pushing through especially when you were pitching your artwork at the beginning stages. So you've talked about dealing with the feeling of rejection or that ghosting experience, but how did you even push through in the very beginning stages Mm. of the feeling of like, is my work even good enough to pitch? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I am very lucky to have a very understanding husband because <laughs> he'll be like, I'll be like, why are they running back? <laughs> and he's like, don't worry, honey, just keep trying. <laughs> so, you know, he's been my biggest supporter since day one. I am so grateful for him. But he's the one that always tells me this. If you don't try, you never know right? And no is not always no, it's just no, not now, but it, it's, not, it's not forever. So he's always dropping wisdom, nugget wisdom here and there. And sometimes I'm going, shut up, why are you so wise? <laughs> <laughs> Can you see I'm so depressed right now? And he's like, don't worry, honey, you'll work. So how do I push through is just, you know, crying. You know, cry if you have to, feel bad if you have to. Feel sad if you have to. You sit with your feelings for a bit. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I sit with my feelings and I have big feelings because I'm a very sensitive person. And then I go, right, <laughs> I'll dust the tears off and I go, I'm going to do this again. And I actually, okay, that's one thing about me. I actually get angry and I use that anger as a motivation. I'm like, fine, if this company doesn't work with me, I'll find another company and I make it a bigger company. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of scary because, you know, I actually go for big. So, so that's what I do. I actually use that anger as motivation. Like, all right, I'll show you. I'll show <laughs> you that you're going to regret not working with me. <laughs> and it kind of like, okay, strangely enough, I, I, it works because it just gets me out of that sadness or that anger or that, you know, whatever feeling it is and motivates me to take action. Because the truth is, if we don't take action and we're going to just keep sitting with that feeling, we're not going to go anywhere. And so the truth is, you just have, I just have to keep taking action, step at a time. And I always think that if I, yeah, like my husband's right, if I don't try, I won't know. If I don't do something different, it's always going to be the same. So, yeah, I, I do whatever it takes to get me out of the feelings and say, thank you for sharing your feelings. I'll f- I've, I felt you and now <laughs> it's to move on. I love that. Thank you for showing me that you're here, but we're not going to listen to you anymore. We're moving forward. Uh, easier yeah. said than done, but <laughs> I am very similar as well. And so I love that. This has been an incredible conversation. And I think it's just, It's so important for us to recognize like we all have these feelings, no matter how many companies you've licensed with, no matter how many opportunities you've had. It's not like those feelings of imposter syndrome or doubt like go away. 
In fact, it might even get worse. I don't know. <laughs> but, it doesn't go away. No. <laughs> but I think that's just such a good reminder. And, you know, also the reminder of like, we talked about so many different things, but I think from the very beginning, just talking about that nothing's wasted, that our journeys take us to where we're going and we don't know where they're going. Like, I wish we could have a front row seat or actually above on the, you know, stadium, like a stadium seat and see over our lives, but we don't know that. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of summarizing in my head everything we've talked about because it's been a truly wonderful conversation. As we wrap up, is there anything else you kind of feel like you want to share or? You, you sent me this question, which is, um, did you always see yourself as an artist? And I thought, I love that question because it's such a simple question. But I, I love it because it was from day one, I could see myself, and I've, I probably talked about this earlier, really, but it, I saw myself as an artist from day one. It was never a hobby. I I took it serious from day one that this is going to be for me. I had no exit strategy. I remember having this conversation with uh, someone else. Um, she also took the immersion course and we, and she was in Melbourne and she, we wanted to like have coffee and, you know, I just chat. And her question to me was, what if this doesn't work? What if you fail? What if, you know, if you pitch and you still don't make any money? And I couldn't give her an answer back then. And I was a little angry at myself for not having an answer because I had to think about it. I had to process that question. And then I quietened my, you know, the voices in my head and I listened in my heart. And my heart told me, I will get there. There is no what if it fails. I will get there. And that was... All that mattered was me believing in the journey because it's, and yeah, we've talked about this before, but it, because I want to really re- drive this home to other surface designers because I know this journey is so hard and it is filled with self-doubt. And I want to just emphasize that if this can happen to me, okay, and it took four years to license with Target, which is a massive retailer, you can do it too. I want to say that use my path if you have to, because this is possible. You can make something impossible possible because this is that magic we can do as people. A flower doesn't question that it can bloom. It just does. It just blooms, right? And that's the thing about us as human beings too. If we stop questioning ourselves and just focusing on the things or our purpose or what we have to do, we will bloom. We will get there. Trust the journey. I love that. I guess we'll end on that. You know, I think... The whole part about being an artist is just like what we've talked about. There are so many self-doubts along the way, but I think that's just a beautiful way to summarize the conversation we've had. 
So as we're closing, would you mind sharing your social media links and your website where people can find you and anything else you want to add? You can find me on Instagram at Mabel Tan Designs. My website is simply Mabel Tan. I always like to tell my, my Mabel is spelled weirdly and there's a story behind it, but I won't go into that today. But it's Mabel, like a table with an M. I tell people at Starbucks this all the time. It's Mabel, like a table with an M. <laughs> and if you get it wrong, <laughs> I do. I think they do it on purpose anyway. But yeah, it's MabelTan.com. If you're interested on how I license my work and how you can license your work in 12 months, I actually have an ebook that I've written about it. And it also has a lot of mindset quotes, which I'm big on. And I also have art prompts at the back of the pages so you could like if you need to work on your signature style or just have a you know art practice there is a hundred prompts at the back of the pages and you can just use that and make art every day I would love to see you make art every day because you learn so much so much about yourself by just doing that every day Well, thank you again, Mabel, for being on the podcast. And I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes for everybody. So thanks again. Thanks for having me. Here are the key takeaways from today's episode. Our paths as creatives can feel like a long and winding road to arrive at the thing that we love and reach success. But we must remember that nothing is wasted. There is space for all of us. If we extend a hand, we all rise together. If you're a mother, remember that your identity is more than just a mom. The internet has opened up opportunities that we have never had before to cultivate and thrive as creatives while also being mothers. This journey as an artist is more of a mindset journey than anything else. You don't have to believe in yourself quite at the start, but simply believing it is possible and that others have succeeded is a powerful first step. Feel the fear and take the step anyway. If we don't try, we will never know. Rejection is not necessarily a no forever. We also need to remember that our value is not attached to our success or our failure. And lastly, the quote that was mentioned is, what we fear of doing most is usually what we most need to do by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Thanks again for listening to the Tillage Podcast. It brings me so much joy knowing that you spent your very precious time with me here today. If you want more, head on over to thetillagepodcast.com for today's show notes. And I'll be back next week with another episode. 